0: Inside a rough and ruthless newsroom, thousands of stories fight for the spotlight. Only a few survive past their 15 minutes of fame. So, what makes for a good headline? And what makes for a buried byline? Join us, two former TV news producers, as we dig up stories that never got the recognition or justice they deserve. This is Buried Bylines. All right, up to... Yay! (laughs) <laughs> we made it
1: we're here for another episode
0: we did but the first one was way really fucking long so um I we think did it was we, what an hour and 45 minutes
1: yeah it was it was a little long but like what
0: are you gonna do I mean right well Delphi's it, a lot there's like it's so nuanced and then we did two cases so I think going forward and listeners the three of you that are here with us today um <laughs> Let us know what you like. And then um again. So many likes and ums. So this time- it's We're just trying, me. okay? We're trying, we're trying we're, we're trying, we're noobs. I'll try to keep a tally of the likes and ums that we have Stop about. Stop. Or we can make a remix out of it. <laughs> Could you imagine? I I promise there was probably a thousand.
1: Oh, I don't doubt it. I could hear it when I was listening to myself talk through the Delphi Mm -hmm. case. I could hear the amount of likes and I was like (laughs) cringy. You're going to talk and I'm going to sit here and listen to you talk.
0: Yeah, you little freeloader. Just kidding
1: what are we covering today and why did you pick this case
0: so before we start i want to start with a little game a game a game so stop okay. me when you hear a name that you know savannah lafontaine graywind Marche, ivy Cynthia Hoffman, Gabby Petito,
1: Gabby Petito.
0: Yep. So today I'm covering the Gabby Petito murder case. The first three names were missing or murdered women of minority. So it just kind of goes to show the whole theme of this podcast. Why did this blow up? So it's one of the major cases I remember us covering in real time at the station. And when I say it blew up, I mean it blew up. Dude, it was
1: everywhere. There were like vigilantes on TikTok Uh It was on TikTok. It was all over like every news outlet, CNN, Fox, whatever that we Mm -hmm. use. This was one of the cases that
0: you literally couldn't get away from it. Right. So I'll talk about those TikTok gremlins and the bunker in the garden, but we'll get there. First, I want to start with how we and the world first found out about the case. Word got out in September of 2021 that a man named Brian Laundrie returned to his Florida home from a cross-country trip he was on with his fiancé, without his fiancé. So the bitch came back from a trip without the person he went on the trip with. Not suspicious whatsoever. No, no. and that was one of the first, like, big red flags. I remember us specifically talking about it, like, how dumb. How dumb do you have to be? So, obviously, the person he went on the trip with was aspiring social media star, 22-year-old Gabby tito and he wasn't even the person to report her missing did you know that
1: well i mean alleged murderers usually don't right
0: (laughs) that's true that's true. It was her mom, Nicole, so she reported her daughter missing September 11, 2021. So according to an article in the New York Times by Christine Hauser, the couple left New York on July 2nd of 2021. So there's a lot of dates here, and I know it gets kind of convoluted. I want to highlight those dates to show just how much the public was involved in this case throughout, and how quickly it went. They left July 2nd. It was meant to be a four-month cross-country road trip. They had a van. It was super cute. Exactly what you think when you picture Van life. It gutted the van and it was like a tiny home. It was really cute, but I could not do it. I have too many things. I dogs. ordered too many things from Amazon. We have dogs. I got dogs. We have pets. So it's a it's a tough life, but that was kind of the persona they were trying to show on social media. So a big reason this case got so much traction, again, like the Delphi case we talked about last week, the media had access to videos and pictures, like so many. In this case, there were a ton, a ton of videos and pictures taken by Gabby and even Brian documenting their lives on the trip. She posted on YouTube, Instagram. Those are the two big ones. News outlets had a lot to pull from and we know news outlets like visual things so they left in July and the next big timeline point is August 12th that's when Gabby posted a photo on Instagram of herself sitting under an arch in Arches National Park in Utah now this is an important date because that same day we later find out the police and I'm gonna try mob? Moab? Utah? Moab. I believe it's Moab. I believe it's Moab. I'm sorry Utah people. So they responded to a report of domestic issue after Brian had quote some sort of argument with Gabby that's according to the police report so that didn't come out until way after we found out she went missing so I remember when the body cam footage came out the story exploded again because it kind of we were just it would stick into our top half of our newscast like hey she's still missing police are looking into it and then when that body cam footage came out people went crazy in that incident both Brian and Gabby told police they did not want to press charges and that the quote issue between the two had been building over the last few days which I mean yeah you're stuck in a van
1: (laughs) because they got in a fight and it Mm -hmm. was like it got physical I think so yeah both of them he's like pushed her or something like that but Mm -hmm. he he told police and I think she even admitted that she was the one who like came at him first and that's why neither of them like wanted to press charges or anything and there's a whole other like slew
0: of yeah and we see that that a lot we see that a lot in domestic yeah. violence situations. There are flare ups, police are called, the victim doesn't want to press charges. I get it. It would be hard to be vulnerable enough to ask for help and to admit to yourself that things aren't working and that the person that you're with might not be the right person for you.
1: <laughs> in the middle of a cross country road, in for- a van. In a van. Hell, of, hell of a time to find out that you guys aren't working out.
0: Right. I don't know if you've ever had to like do a task with your husband that you don't know how to do, and he's trying to walk you through it, and you're not doing it right.
1: This sounds
0: so- like something you've experienced. It's Not great, because uh-huh. my husband is very handy, and I'm very not. So. You try. You try so hard. Bless you. I your do. Heart. I'm the tool getter, <laughs> and I usually don't get the right tools. Anyway, the police officers that responded to this got a lot of criticism, but it's not a unique situation, this happens a lot, which is why I think there needs to be better training when it comes to responding to domestic violence situations. The victim's not going to want to press charges, which is understandable. At the very least, I think that if police respond to a situation, it needs to be documented, which in this case, I think it was. But sometimes it isn't, or it won't show up when police are looking into a suspect later.
1: I I do remember people were upset because they were like, why'd they let her go? Because it's it's easy to be like, hindsight 2020, she's a missing person. This was like a volatile incident before she went missing missing. Right. And so people were like, well, why'd they let her go? She obviously was like in a bad situation, but like, what are you going to do? It happens all the time. She said she was fine and she wasn't going to press charges and he wasn't going to press charges. So there's not
0: really much they can do. Yeah. And I think they did question them separately, which is I applaud them for doing that instead of asking her, is it okay in front of him? So I don't know what there's to do, but it just happens so often and we hear it so much in these true crime podcasts and tv shows that there have been previous domestic violence issues so i don't know what's to be done there but not a unique situation so A week later, after the police responded to that domestic incident on August 19th, the couple published an eight minute video on YouTube. It showed them kissing, climbing on rocks, laughing about melted chocolate. But the important thing to remember here is that people rarely post the bad moments online. So, what we see are the highlights, and every single relationship has highs and lows, even if you think you're perfect for each other. So, Gabby's posting the good times, not the times when she argued with him. So, this video, in my opinion, means nothing about their relationship. Remember, they were doing this for a living they wanted to be at least gabby i think wanted to be kind of like the influencer on social media so she's not gonna post hey i'm fighting with my boyfriend and this really sucks so fast forward six days later gabby would publish the last ever post on her instagram account which is still up by the way her posts are still up and visible providing the public an even deeper look into her life and their journey which only fuels the speculation and the crazy tiktok people
1: oh i know i'm already thinking (laughs) of that last picture that she posted, there was a lot of people who had, like, been stalking her Instagram account. And they were like, this is not a recent picture. This is what people were saying on, right. on TikTok. And how do you freaking whatever. know? How do you know that? They they had come to the conclusion that this was, like, not a recent picture. It was, like, an old picture that Brian had seemingly Maybe. found on her Phone because yeah. the caption was happy Halloween.
0: So a lot of speculation fueled by the pictures and videos that we have access to. We don't find this out until later in the timeline, but I wanted to note that the last time she was seen alive was on the 27th of August at a Whole Food store in Wyoming with Brian. So I'm skipping some of the days where correspondence was happening between Gabby and her mom, Gabby's mom, Brian's mom, because there really isn't a way to tell who sent the text mm-hmm. from Gabby's phone. It could have been Brian texting her. Or texting people on the phone who knows so i'm trying to stick with like concrete things that we know so now we're at september 1st brian returns to his house in florida in the van he shared with gabby without gabby the audacity of this man it,
1: it does not make sense you would think that if you were going to kill your girlfriend allegedly and a cross country tip that's being documented on YouTube and Instagram. Right. That you would at least come up with the story. Have as a lie. Have as a lie as ready. To why she is not with you when you come back. You right. would think and you would have something.
0: That's the most chilling part of this case for me. It says something about him. He didn't give a shit. He did not What care. he did or yeah. what people thought of him. And that's scary. So now we're back to September 11th. That's when Gabby's family reported her missing officially. That's when the public really got clued into the case. Four days later, police named Brian a person of interest. Duh. He was the last person. <laughs> he was the last person to have been with her before she went with me.
1: That's the other thing. It's like, if you're not gonna come up with a story, and then right. you're
0: like, oh, she's just not with me. Right. You were the I don't only know where she person. Is. <laughs> you were the only person who was with her. So. Any true crime fan will tell you it's almost always the husband, in this case, the fiance. So it reminds me of the meme that's like, men on a first date. Quote, I hope she doesn't She with her mouth open. And women on the first date, quote, I hope he doesn't murder me. Yeah, no kidding. Stats are stats for a reason. Anyway, the next day, September 16th, we learn Brian isn't cooperating with the police, which is your constitutional right, but not a good look. So, at this point, police say it's still a missing persons case, but did we ever really think that? No. Nope. September 17th comes around, and here's when we find out Brian's parents are literal garbage. They call police, they tell them they haven't seen Brian since the 14th. And I think that's when the case went crazy on TikTok. And what, what day was it? So September 17th is when we find out Brian's parents They haven't seen, haven't seen Brian day since day. the 14th. She, okay. was sent, she was officially reported missing on the 11th. So this is when we get to the garden bunker.
1: Oh my
0: God. <laughs> the diagrams that people drew. <laughs> and they had an overhead aerial view and they were like, that's his hand. His mom's handing him a phone in the garden. And it was insane. I mean, it could be, don't know. It's literally the red string on like <laughs> a cardboard. Yes. Like oh, oh my God. God. So people had a lot of opportunity to speculate because this case was such a media frenzy there was so much footage to go through so much aerial footage so much b-roll and people could Analyze and overanalyze things and be crazy, tick tock. Yeah, people. September 18th, the Northport police start searching the Carlton Reserve. According to the New York Times, it's a 25,000 acre park. His parents said they believe he entered the area earlier that week. Shut up, literally shut up. Like, you believe he entered the area. You believe he entered the area. How could you believe that unless he told you that? And what is he doing there? Just chilling for three days, just chilling. And you're gonna tell police that four days after you, quote, last saw him. At the same time, the FBI announced it was also searching the Grand Teton National Park and the Spread Creek dispersed camping area, both in Wyoming for Gabby. For those at home, for the two listeners now, we've lost one. We have... (laughs) (laughs) We have two searches happening at two different departments in two different places. The Northport Police are searching for Brian in Florida. The FBI is searching for Gabby in Wyoming. The next day, September 19th, the FBI finds human remains believed to be Gabby. It's very sad, but I think we all knew at this point she was dead. But to get that confirmation, I can't imagine being her parents. The FBI confirmed it was Gabby on the 21st. The manner of death was homicide. Surprise to no one. On the 23rd, a federal arrest warrant was unsealed in wyoming for brian laundry but not for murder he was charged with credit card fraud gosh i know that was crazy that was insane he was charged with a single felony count of using a capital one debit card authorities didn't say if it belonged to gabby or not i don't know if they did this because it was like the only thing they had on
1: him yeah, it was probably the only way that they could get him,
0: like, in custody or something. Right. It was if just... they can fucking find him in the market. Right. So now we jump to October 12th when it comes out that a coroner in Wyoming said Gabby's cause of death was strangulation. And let me tell you, I've listened and watched enough true crime shows to know that physically strangling someone takes time. You have to be a cold-hearted person to strangle someone. You can choose at any point in time while you're strangling someone to death to stop. Yeah you yeah. can stop and they'll live yeah. so the fact that he allegedly sat there for however many minutes and strangled the person he said he wanted to share the rest of his life with he's a piece of shit period like i just
1: i'm I so don't, mad i don't I'm need so to mad. laugh because it's not funny It's ridiculous. Horrible, but it's just like i'm watching you and you're so worked up and you i'm so make, mad you make
0: me laugh it's I know. I'm so mad. We laugh or we cry.
1: That's it. It's like, also, it's like laughing is like my fight or flight. So. yes,
0: And to get through news, you have to have dark humor. I am sorry. It's just how you have to cope. Jaded as hell. Yeah. So fast forward October 20th, authorities find human remains in a heavily wooded Florida park near a notebook and backpack that belonged to blind lion <laughs> lion <laughs> belong to Brian Laundrie. Do you want to retake that? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the next day, the FBI confirmed the remains to be Brian. He died by suicide. Fuck off. Goodbye. He couldn't face getting caught, and he selfishly left Gabby's family without a clear answer as to why he killed their daughter. Allegedly. Get fucked, and his parents can get fucked, too. <laughs> okay, 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 okay,
1: okay, hold on. <laughs> this was not the case for you. Nope. Okay, okay, okay. So... So police ruled his death suicide. Yes. So you can say they determined that he killed her and then he killed himself. That's my
0: next point. January 21st, 2022. The FBI disclosed the notebook found near his body included statements in which he, quote, claimed responsibility for Ms. Petito's death. He Wasn't
1: there- Okay, so now (laughs) my problem is I- blur what I see in TikTok <laughs> yeah <laughs> with what actually happened because mm-hmm. I'm not currently sitting in front of scripts that we wrote but I feel like a lot of people were saying that his parents like were in not in on the murder but definitely knew about it and that right that
0: stuff was planted maybe potentially But that's what happens when cases blow up. You have speculation like that. So where are we today? The Petitos are rightfully suing the Laundries for emotional distress in connection with Gabby's death. Good. I'm not a parent, but I can't imagine myself helping a child get away with murder. Uh-uh. They as parents should have been able to put themselves in Gabby's parents' shoes. According to a CNN article that came out in 2023, just last month, Brian's mom wrote a letter to him that included references to getting a shovel and burning a body. Mm. That's according to the Petito's attorney. Casual things that you talk about with your son? Yeah. The same attorney went on to say the letter expressed things, quote including helping him get out of prison and to burn after reading the attorney says the letter was recovered from brian's backpack when his body was found and here we go laundry's parents say the letter is irrelevant to the lawsuit and that they shouldn't have to produce it but confirm the letter does exist and is in the possession of another family attorney excuse the fuck out of me i tell me you don't want to take responsibility without telling oh. me you don't want to take responsibility right so that case is scheduled for trial in august of this year but we'll get to the point of this podcast so why did this blow up local and national news outlets drooled over this case yeah articles upon articles upon articles covered the ins and outs of her life so to give you an idea of just how much this was covered according to the washington post in a seven-day period when all this was happening gabby petito was mentioned 398 times on fox news 346 times on cnn and 100 times on msnbc those are yeah.
1: just the national outlets not <clears throat> i mean, not we, local
0: not other national outlets that's just three and um,
1: that's the thing too that i guess we can talk about a little bit is like sometimes not always it's it's a give and take relationship but sometimes national news dictates what happens yes. or goes on local yes. news. so like This case blew up. It was like Mm -hmm. you said, it was on national news all the time. At the local level, we felt like we had to be talking about it every single day. It was even like every... I'm sure for every national story, there were hundreds of other local stories mm-hmm. that ran. There are the
0: obvious reasons. Gabby is a pretty white blonde woman, the quote unquote perfect victim in the eyes of the public. That's not taking away from what happened to her. It's just a fact. Yeah. She also had a very large following on social media already. So she had people that were already interested in her.
1: I never got into like YouTubers, but I know that people who are super into like YouTubers and videos like that, they are prefer- prepared every week they're like waiting for the video so I'm sure Mm -hmm. when it's like us with
0: podcasts we're like oh we know we know this uh podcast drops their episodes on Mondays and this you know so there's like a schedule that they follow and when it doesn't happen they're like whoa exactly what's going on what's the deal with gabby one of the things that really caught my attention in this research was how media outlets portrayed her so in a lot of the articles that i read she was described as a girl so she's Mm. 22 years old she's a woman Mm -hmm. but constantly described as quote miss petito like Mm -hmm. not even last name not even first name so it gives the impression that she's a young innocent victim which she is but other victims don't get described that way the language surrounds how media Let's talk about her also kind of gives them the coverage so I do appreciate the media in some of this so there were some articles calling themselves out on the coverage mm-hmm. I know it's a long standing debate and fact in my opinion that media especially American media disproportionately covers tragedies involving white women while ignoring missing women of color we see it over and over and over again yeah so why are we this way I don't know maybe it has to do with roles of power and who's delivering the news so when you think of a news director you think white old man if the victim of a crime reminds you of your daughter or your niece you're going to gravitate towards that i know and for a fact we need more representation in the newsroom specifically at the higher up levels so that'll kind of help bring the diversity into coverage naturally citing a report from wyoming's task force on missing and murdered indigenous persons and this makes me sick to my stomach Quote, white people are more likely to have an article written while they are still missing. Indigenous people are more likely to have an article written about them being missing only after they are found dead. Ugh. Yeah, it's heavy. Disgusting. But it's important. And the Washington Post article I cited earlier makes a great point it shouldn't be on the non-white journalists to cover these topics. Many of the journalists who spoke out about the disproportionate coverage were not white, and that's sad, and that's one of the reasons I know you and I wanted to start this podcast. I don't want to take away from the voices of minority journalists and podcasters. I want to add to them and, you know, put a spotlight on them. We're both white women, and I think we both want to help give attention to cases that don't get it in any way that we can.
1: And some of those cases too, like, they're not always going to be race related. Like, it, Mm -hmm. you know, the past one that we right. that we covered, the comparison between Delphi and the Florifiers, those had just happened three months apart from each other. Mm-hmm. And one case blew up and and the other one kind of fell to the wayside. And like this case blew up, but mm-hmm. there are so many other missing women who fall victim to domestic violence who go missing Mm -hmm. and their stories don't get covered nearly Mm -hmm. i mean if at all close to this
0: so right and that's that's one of the things i would like to commend gabby's family about they acknowledge the reason for the coverage of their daughter's case and encourage people to do better i'm in by no means trying to say gabby didn't deserve the coverage everybody does whether you're male female trans white black hispanic asian rich poor gay heterosexual you're like Matters and the interest and energy in covering the story should be the same for every person. So, in honor of that, I want to touch on one of the women I mentioned at the top of this episode, Savannah LaFontaine Greywind. She was 22 years old. Her body was found duct taped, wrapped in plastic in the Red River that divides North Dakota and Minnesota near the Canadian border. So, that river specifically over the decades has come to be seen by many in the Indigenous community as a dumping ground. Loved ones of the missing started to even drag the river themselves, starting in 2014, because oh. it's such a bad problem. That year, in 2014, advocates say they pulled seven bodies from the river. According to an article in The Guardian, in August of 2017, during her last month of pregnancy, LaFontaine Greywind, whose Dakota name is Where Thunder Finds Her. Amazing. amazing. I love that. I know. I know. She had placed a pizza delivery order to her family's Fargo apartment before heading upstairs to see a neighbor. It was the last time her parents would see their daughter alive kayakers found the spirit lake nation woman eight days later her baby had been cut from her womb police had found the healthy newborn 72 hours earlier on the bed of her neighbor brooke cruz that woman was arrested pleaded guilty and was sentenced to life without parole her live-in boyfriend william Hohen, was also sentenced to life for conspiring to kidnap savannah's baby hazley joe i'm sorry what yeah i think that the woman that was arrested wanted a baby in any other case if that happened here in indianapolis people would flip Out, and I feel like it would blow up, and it didn't. I mean, it did a little bit, but not as much as other cases.
1: Do you watch Grey's Anatomy? Yes. Do you watch the spinoff show to Grey's Anatomy Private Practice? Uh uh. That happens in private practice. It might have been inspired. This woman, she's a therapist. And Mm -hmm. one of her patients was, like, not well. She thought that she was pregnant. She kept coming Mm -hmm. in saying she... And she was having, like, phantom pregnancies. Like, she was, like... And she got so upset with her therapist... Who was pregnant? That she went to her house and cut her baby out of her stomach. Mm
0: Mhm. Yeah. I cannot. That happened, and the article that I read said that her murder sparked a national outrage in America. I don't remember it. That might have just been. When did it happen?
1: 2014. I was graduating high school, so right. So
0: I don't know if we just weren't paying attention or it didn't blow up in the same way. But many people said detectives moved too slowly in the case. But in 2019, a bill named after her became the first congress to propose increasing coordination among federal state and tribal law enforcement to curb the rate at which indigenous women go missing or are killed it was signed into law in october of 2020 Love yes that. and actually this month in 2023 senators catherine cortez Masto and john hoeven Sorry if I didn't pronounce it right. They introduced bipartisan legislation to strengthen tribal law enforcement and increase public safety throughout Indian Country. The Bridging Agency Data Gaps and Ensuring Safety badges for Native American Communities Act would support the Bureau of Indian Affairs Law Enforcement Recruitment and Retention, increase the effectiveness of federal missing persons resources and give tribes and states resources to combat the crisis of missing and murdered indigenous women and girls. So Cortez Masto was behind the Savannah Act and the Not Invisible Act which were recently signed into law and has repeatedly advocated for additional federal funding to help tribal communities combat violence. So that's amazing. There is legislation out there, but we need to do better. If you are a family member or friend of someone missing or murdered, here are the takeaways to getting coverage for your case. Make sure you're vocal about it. Continue following up with media and police. The squeaky wheel gets the grease. And that's true, especially for media. Also make sure you provide plenty of pictures and video if you have it of your friend or family member if you're able. The more elements to the story, the likelier it is to get picked up. That's coming from a former news producer. You and I both actually chose the stories that would get on the air during our, our newscast. So the more visual it is, the better chance it has to make air the takeaways here media needs to do better the public needs to do better police departments need to do better we just need to be better and that's it
1: so I was thinking about two things one for each of these cases and the first thing that I was thinking about was okay so you said that her body was found in the river between North Dakota and Minnesota near the Canadian border Mm -hmm. and her family or her you know apartment or whatever that she was at was in far so my husband went on a trip to like very, very North Minnesota, almost to like the Canadian border, but it was mm-hmm. like farther um, east. Mm-hmm. And he told me because my husband also works in the news. So like there are just stupid things you talk about. In the news. <laughs> and he told me that where he was in Minnesota, all the way up there mm-hmm. is part of Fargo's market. The market is so small. And the area that that they cover is it's so, so large yeah. that i am wondering if cases sometimes they just can't cover them they don't have the manpower that's true which sucks like i know it's so frustrating but i did think about that how you know smaller market which i guess i don't know if we'll talk about this more but a market size is basically how big the city the population of the city of where that news station is. So like mm-hmm. we worked in Indianapolis roughly like market 25 mm-hmm. out of like 210 markets I think there yeah. are across across the country. And I don't know what Bargo's is off the top of my head. I would say around the 100 mark. Um mm-hmm. so it's definitely smaller and the smaller the market is, I don't want to sound trashy or like No, no it's event, just it's what it is. It's reality. It's
0: reality. The
1: smaller the market the quality of news usually declines the smaller the market it's just less experienced people Mm -hmm. it's getting their start yeah it's smaller crews and so i could see where cases like this that are crazy and should Mm be that like you said here we would be covering that every single day. That is crazy. But in a a market like that, the bag could
0: get fumbled. So So. that's why it's important for families victims. I know it should not be on them, but the more you can gather up and just give to a reporter, the more chances your story is to be picked up. So if you're like, hey, I have pictures, I have video, I have a timeline written up for you, I have people you can talk to, the more you can give them, the easier you make their work might get picked up.
1: And it is hard, like, I do want to acknowledge. Like I, I understand when stuff like this happens. The thought of going on TV or talking I to know, someone I know. is probably not the first thing you want to do with all of those emotions and you're it's very it's a vulnerable thing to do to Mm -hmm. be like someone that i love and care about so much just died and i'm gonna go on tv and talk about it it doesn't sound good but that is how
0: you can get the story out there and and try to find justice and you can always you can always like designate a friend of the family or some other person in your family to be the spokesperson so that you can focus on finding them and then that person can be focused on media but that's it oh my gosh
1: good job thanks
0: can oh, i spiral so on yeah, one yeah, more yeah. thing
1: so one of the most interesting tiktok theories oh, God. that that came up during well not even it the wasn't theory. the hand in the
0: garden no
1: it was about where gabby's body was found okay this is off the top of my head i did not prepare for this episode because i did not research it Right. The part of the national park where Gabby was found is like
0: a police purgatory. It What's that? over It overlaps jurisdictions. Oh, yeah. We know that's when that gets messy.
1: And so there's, oh God, I'm trying to think. There was something with like, you can't be charged for like a federal crime or something in that area. Basically, you could murder someone and leave their body there and you couldn't be charged for a federal crime crime in that. That's what people were saying on the TikTok. Hold on. I found it. Okay. This is something I quickly was able to pull up from the New York Post. The case of Gabby Petito's disappearance has reignited theories about the zone of death in Yellowstone National Park where a murderer could get off scot-free. Petito last called her family from Grand Teton National Park, which neighbors Yellowstone National Park, where a glitch in the constitution could make a 50-mile strip of land the perfect place to get away with murder. A 2005 academic paper titled The Perfect Crime by Michigan State University Law Professor Brian Colt suggests there is a 50-square-mile swath of Idaho in which one might be able to commit felonies with imputiny. The entire Yellowstone National Park falls under the Federal Jurisdiction District of Wyoming, including the uninhabited small strip of land behind the Idaho state border, known as the zone of death the sixth amendment requires all criminal prosecutions to be heard by a jury from the state and district where the crime was committed it is potentially impossible to try someone for a murder in the zone of death because there is no one to summon for a jury who lives in both the state of idaho and the district of wyoming so that's why it's a purgatory it's fucked. Yeah, because you can't find someone who lives in that area because nobody lives. it's uninhabited. Okay, nobody lives if there. If we know this, why is it still like this? Somebody do something about right. this. There <laughs> should not be anything known as like the zone of death. And there should not
0: be a river where it's known that people dump indigenous women.
1: Yeah, this says a crime committed in the zone of death has never been brought before the court, so it is uncertain how the loophole would be interpreted. Sick. So right. this was something that I saw on TikTok that actually ended up to be factual, like someone had researched this mm-hmm. and, you know, kind of done done a deep dive on it. And it was one of the things that I found the most interesting, because if you're going to kill someone, why wouldn't you take them to a place called the zone of death where you potentially couldn't be tried? For their murder.
0: That's true. My question is, does anyone have eyes on that professor that wrote that paper? Can someone check on him and just see, like, have people gone missing in his life? why yeah, was he looking into that
1: maybe maybe he just like i sh- and i know, and he's I know. Interested that'd be a paper
0: i would write to i was gonna honest. say
1: i was gonna say that would be <laughs> something that you would write about so don't that's even... true you're right.
0: you're right you're right you're right we're down to one listener now i'm sorry to inform you um so, by the end mom, of this we'll have zero mom if you're <laughs> listening send it's, me it's both our moms <laughs> moms mothers um if you have a case that you think, why did this not blow up in your hometown or just one that caught your interest that never really got traction, send it to us and we will comment on it.
1: You can email us at buriedbylines at yahoo.com.
0: As former journalists, we want to give credit where credit is due. For this episode, I got my information from The Washington Post, CNN, The New York Times, WFLA, 48 Hours, The Independent, The Guardian, and The New York Post. You can find a complete list of all of our sources in the
1: show notes. Please make sure to check them out. Bye!